The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So uh, we'll start with a short sitting. I'll say a few things near the end of the sitting, kind of guided reflection, and then we will, um, I'll do the welcome after after the sitting, welcome introduction to the day afterwards. So we can take, just start quietly. to offer you first some reflections that you can take into your meditative mind. Let the reflections move through you in whatever way that they're heard in the silence. And that will lead to little instructions for the last minutes of meditation. Buddhist practice often involves a combination of qualities that can seem opposed. On one hand, Buddhist value of Buddhist practice is getting to know ourselves well. On the other hand, Buddhist practice leads to a forgetting of oneself giving up of oneself. Those two movements complement each other and support each other, make each one of them healthy. On one hand, practice involves becoming grounded here and now, centered. On the other hand, it also involves a softening of the hard boundaries between self and others. Being rooted here at the same time as being coming permeable with others. One of the qualities that connects these seemingly opposed aspects that ties them together or that mediates between them is generosity. To have a generous attitude towards oneself towards others.
And now as, as the sharp, hard boundaries between self and others begin to dissolve, in our generosity towards others, their life, the struggles, suffering, problems of others, in some ways become our own. And this is compassion. Compassion is when the suffering and the difficulties of others are not so distinct from us. And liberation is when our situation, our life, our possessions, our actions, belong to others as well, are part of others. Liberation, we don't hold on tight that this is mine. But what is ours belongs to others. In compassion, others belong to us. In liberation, we belong to others. And between the two is generosity. Giving outwards, a receiving, generous receiving, giving inwards. That's very much like the giving and receiving of breathing, breathing in, breathing out. And then the very attention to breathing. Movements of compassion, liberation, giving, receiving. Breathing is like opening a door it swings back and forth, allowing ourselves to, the boundaries of self and others, to soften, relax. Boundaries between self and the world. So the world and self become a field of generosity, breathing in and breathing out.
Welcome. Welcome to our Dharma practice, <coughs> practice day and to our the beginning of this next Dharma practice series. And um, the uh, topic for t- uh, today is the perfection of generosity. And the topic for the series of this year is um, that what's called the Ten Perfections, the Ten Paramis. And um, these touch on areas of our lives which uh, are at the very heart of what it means to be a human being. The essence of some of the issues and that uh, really, if you, if you really follow it all the way in, these teachings and practices, um, they'll touch you in hopefully very deep ways, places that feel very intimate and uh, relate directly to what you think it means to be a person and be a person in this world. The um, Paramis are considered to be ten qualities of character or virtues that um, support the path to liberation, to full liberation, and also ten qualities that express uh, our liberation, our freedom. The degree to which we grow, uh, mature spiritually, these are qualities that come forth out of a, a heart which is spiritually mature. So there's a wonderful kind of reciprocity that both supports the maturation of Buddhist practice, but it also then expresses it. And, um, and so these ten qualities, uh, these ten perfections, um, perfections is an English translation of the word parami. It could also be translated as supreme, meaning that these are uh, qualities, characters, or, or virtues which are considered to be supreme, of supreme value in walking the path and negotiating the path of practice. And um, the, um, there are ten, and uh, we'll, you'll learn them in the course of the year, but just to name them now, you don't have to memorize them but now, but later you should memorize them, is um, generosity, virtue or ethics, renunciation, wisdom, energy or effort, patience, truthfulness, resolve or determination, and then uh, loving-kindness and equanimity. And um, what makes these, so these are ten qualities, some of these are recognized as common things that people do in life. Uh, Generosity is, is completely interwoven, integrated deeply into the fabric of social life. Um, you don't have to be Buddhist to be generous or interested in it. It's just kind of, well, you know, part of, you know, human life is made up of generosity much more than people often realize. And um, in big and small ways. Um, and virtue as well. There's a lot of ethical people um, who, uh, who have no connection again with Buddhist practice. And... and um, so, so forth, loving kindness, equanimity. But what makes these, these ten qualities supreme or perfections is the way in which they are connected to the two goals of Buddhist practice, connected to liberation and connected to compassion. So there can be lots of acts of generosity which are, not, which are beautiful, which are not <coughs> paramis, which are not perfections, because they're not directly connected to these qualities, the path of liberation, 
or to the path of compassion. Um, and, uh, and so it's the bringing these together, integrating these beautiful qualities with these very profound issues of compassion and liberation, which is part of the exploration of what it means to be a parami, the exploration of each of these. And, um, and when we talk about compassion and liberation, again, we're, you know, we're, uh, t- that's kind of where we come back to the heart of what it means to be a human being, in the essence of what's most intimate with us, because liberation and compassion are meant to touch all of who we are. Uh, it's not supposed to be like you're liberated on the weekend, you know, or you're, liber- you're liberated, you know, and the privacy of your own cushion, thank you. You know, I'm completely liberated as long as I don't have to talk to anybody. <laughs> and um, the... Um, so... Um, um, so, you know, how is it that these qualities relate to liberation and compassion is part of the task of the year. And so these Dharma practice days, for those of you who are new to this, are uh, meant to be a, f- a venue, a way of um, exploring some aspect of the Dharma in, um, uh, from, a different, from a variety of different angles. So it kind of makes it richer and more... Also to go into more depth than we would. Like, you know, you know, if you just hear a Dharma talk or read a book, that's maybe valuable. But maybe it's only kind of coming into you through one vehicle, you know, the words that someone speaks or writes. Um, and, um, and there's many ways to explore and reflect on these things. And one of the ways to do it is to do it in community with other people. Uh, we learn a lot in community. Community is challenging. Uh, it has its benefits. But it's, it's a very rich way of getting deeper into any topic at all is to share it and, and explore it in community with other people. Other people become mirrors for ourselves. We learn from other people. They challenge us. Um, uh, sometimes in community we get to reflect more deeply and see what we feel. What um, we, hear, we hear ourselves speak in community and we hear ourselves in a different way than, again, if you just hear yourself in the privacy of your own mind. Like for me, I'm much wiser alone <laughs> than, than I am when I speak. <laughs> you know, I think I am, you know, and then I start hearing myself speak and I wonder sometimes. <laughs> and um, so it's very valuable, I find it very valuable to hear myself speaking with friends and other people and hear, oh, that's what I believe, I didn't know that. And, um, and the way that uh, traditionally Dharma practice uh, functions like in monasteries is it happens in community. A lot of conversations, a lot of contact, knowing people. And so this little bit replicates, just try, this Dharma practice is trying to find a way of practicing in community, but find a variety of ways of really engaging more deeply in these kinds of different themes and topics. So the days are made up, uh, different days are designed differently, so there's no two days the same. But most generally, kind of what might happen most often is that um, there's a, I do, I, I'll do a little bit of teaching, maybe some guided meditation, some guided exercises perhaps, um, and a fair amount of discussion. Uh, uh, sometimes in discussion as a whole group, sometimes in smaller groups of four or five, sometimes um, in three, sometimes in, in pairs, two of you. Sometimes uh, those discussions are very uh, structured, where there's a particular question to explore or a particular uh, way in which the questions are explored. Um, 
to help us go deep in, into ourselves with it. Um, and sometimes it's much more open how the discussions go. Um, and uh, people who uh, are new to doing dyads or you know, sharing themselves in these topics, uh, it's, it's very common for people to resist it. And, uh, you know, what? <laughs> Some people bolt. And, uh, but most people, uh, I think, when they, they hang in there, even if they don't feel like they want to talk with someone about something so personal as we do here, find that it's very, very valuable and are grateful after it. And there are people who have been coming to these for enough number of years who had some difficulty with them initially. And, but now that you can see, I can see in some of you um, the ease and the openness and the freedom with which you share yourself are open and, and uh, not trying to protect yourself or hide or, or reluctant, there's sense in the reluctance to be open and share in a very genuine way. And that's come partly from hanging in there over these, over the last, you know, over many of these days and discovering what it's like to be open and clear and your communication and sharing of yourself and receiving of other people. It's a beautiful thing. Um, the, um, <clears throat> and uh, almost always on these day-longs, these, these, these kinds of uh, Dharma practice days, uh, we have lunch um, not in silence. So it's a chance for community again, talking. You might continue some of the topics of the day, but you might also um, um, you know, just make Dharma friends, Dharma companionship with other people. It's very nice. We put up tables and sit around and talk. Um, this year for the Dharma practice series, I wanted to have it a little more structured, so it's a little more program for those of you who want to do the whole thing, you know, come for the next, I guess, the year. And, um, and so some of those elements is that uh, each time there's a plan to give you um, some handouts. And some of it will include a page of reflections and practices you can do at home. And um, so you might uh, take these questions or these reflections and sit with them and uh, review them and reread them a number of times, talk to other people about it during the month, and really kind of try to get more deeply into the topic through these reflections. So it's not just simply coming here one day, but it's something that you live with for the course of the month. There's also some um, practices to do, some exercises you could do if you'd like, that also would help you kind of have some continuity and actually go in deeper um, into these topics during the course of the month. Uh, some of you, um, what I'd like to suggest to some of you is, who are inclined, is that you um, find someone who's doing it for the year uh, who can be your buddy and uh, your, your parami buddy, Dharma practice day buddy, who perhaps uh, once in the course of the month between our Dharma practice days, uh, that you, you call up on the phone and chat about the, you know, the topic of the month, your reflections, your thoughts about it, how it is for you, or perhaps go out for coffee or go for a walk or something, uh, spend an hour with a person to have some time to kind of explore and more deeply these things. One of the things I, uh, I feedback I get regularly from these Dharma practice days is that it's very rare for people in their normal life to have a chance for this kind of focused, intentional discussion about uh, these topics that um, are such beautiful and important topics in our lives. And so, uh, you know, to continue that kind of focus by having kind of more casual, kind of going for a walk with a Dharma buddy um, is a nice thing. So it could be a buddy you have for the whole time. I think that's quite nice to have the continuity. It could be someone who just, a one-time event. You might have different 
times you ask, you know, will you be willing to go for a walk for me and talk about this topic? Different people here. That's one thing I'd encourage you to do is to, um, if you're inclined at all. The other is that um, I've invited Inez Friedman, who's sitting there, to help me with this, uh, this year. So she'll do some of the teaching uh, during the day. Uh, this afternoon she'll do a piece. And, but uh, she'll also, more importantly, it's all important, uh, she'll also uh, 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 offer a discussion group in between for a couple of hours that happen here Sunday afternoons from when, when to when? Uh, 1.30 to 3.30. 1.30 to 3.30, Sunday afternoons once a month, and the schedule will become clear when that is. Um, and if you'd like to come and, uh, and uh, uh, be part of a discussion group that allows you again to go more deeply into it, review it, explore it, sometimes the f- uh, follow up on what happens in these Dharma practice days. Sometimes they're very rich for people, and it's nice to have some debriefing or following up, you know, a couple of weeks later. And so Inez will do that. And Inez will also offer a mentorship for those of you who want to do the whole year. Um, there's a kind of, it's, it's involves, a, it's, you know, it's a practice to engage in these paramis. It's not just simply, you know, if you, um, something to do, you know, think about once and forget about. And so as you kind of explore how to go into these paramis, into your life and bring them to your life, it's nice to have someone to uh, mentor you or support you in that process. And uh, so Inez will be available for inter- interviews. And um, she, uh, she'll become make clear uh, when that is later. Um, but you can sign up for that. And she's done this before for Dharma practice days. And uh, the people who went for interview, had interviews with her found it very valuable to talk to her. She's a wise woman. So it's a nice thing. And she also went through, we, we did this uh, Dharma practice day series in the Paramis six years ago. And so she went through it six years ago with us. And, and so she's familiar with all, you know, what happened then. And, and um, she has a lot to offer. Um, we also set up, you know, set up on the, our IMC's website a special page for this Dharma practice days on the Paramis. And so the handouts and some reflections and readings and stuff and information about things and her interviews and different things will be available, easily, easy access on that page. And the, one of the handouts I have today has the uh, way to find that page on our website. So uh, that's the topic. That's kind of, I think, enough uh, introduction um, for it. Um,